Hello and welcome to Critical Line Item. My name's Tom Rablett. Thank you for joining me for this podcast. There's a lot of people who are going to be going back to work or back into a school environment in the next little while. One of the things that will become apparent is there'll be some anxiety among some people, given that we've been in lockdown, in isolation, and away from colleagues, away from teachers, away from uh, bosses and people in the workplace. And what are the behaviours that people are going to actually exhibit when they walk back into an environment they've been away from over a month to six weeks? given we've gone gone through trying to manage a pandemic. I'm joined today by Dr. Simon Kinsella from Corporate and Personal Consulting. Now, Simon's going to help clarify and explore some of these issues and also perhaps provide some ideas of how people who are anxious can deal with aspects of going back to work. Simon, thank you for joining me today. It's a pleasure, Tom. Thank you for having me on. Now, the... One of the most important things, I think, is understanding why we behave the way we do when we're told uh, something is important. Um, Back when we first went into self-isolation or stay at home, or as the Americans call it, shelter in place, we saw some curious behaviour. Some people did it and other people went out to the beach. What drives that? Look, I think... With all human behaviour, there's always a complex set of reasons behind why people do things, um, and each person has their own reason for making the decisions that they make. So you look at the group, perhaps, of young people, backpackers and so on, who might have been around places like Bondi Beach. We know from experience that young people tend to have the attitude that this won't happen to me. Um, that I'm I'm too young, or that if I do get it, it won't be serious. So, um, and also their 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 capacity to think beyond themselves is not as strong, perhaps, as somebody who might be 25 or 30 years old, who um, you know might be uh, reasoning in a more complex way. So, most of us who are slightly older adults might be thinking, well, sure, I don't think the chances of me getting sick would be particularly high but I could be a carrier and then I might infect my elderly mother who could then die or I might infect somebody else who's at who's at risk who might die younger people tend not to think that way Um, we see it with things like uh, drug and alcohol use we see it with uh, risks with driving and sexual activity and those kinds of things as well and I think COVID's no different so you'd put that in the class of uh I'm bulletproof and it's not going to happen to me and the older people around me are just wanting me to clip my wings and there's no reason for I can see for me to be doing so. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, the the clip my wings comment's interesting too because then there's another group of people who don't like to be told what to do. They don't like necessarily to follow rules. They like to perhaps think of themselves as a bit out there on the edge and, you know, um, perhaps not respecting authority or not giving time to consider um, the the rationale behind rules and so they'll almost do the opposite because it is a rule the 
But that's not unique to young people, is it? We're seeing some behaviour in in the US among adults who are resentful of the fact that they've been told they need to stay at home. Yeah. They want their states to open up. So it's not necessarily a, a youthful trait, is it? No, and um, it's different reasoning in different cultures. You know, the, the American culture is very much about uh, individual liberty and individual rights. Um, and I think we're seeing that reflected by some of the people who are protesting. Um, and, you know, we need to be very aware that even in the US, the proportion of the population who are um, getting their backs up and protesting about this is actually quite a small proportion. The majority of the population seems to be following along with the rules and and being fairly cautious, um, perhaps recognising that they've they've already lost um, over eighty thousand people now. I think it is. Yeah, it, it it's uh, gone over eighty thousand over the past twenty four forty eight hours. Yeah. So um, you know, then then there are those people who might um, perhaps because of anxiety paradoxically have this sort of denial reaction where they don't want to think about the fact that this could be as serious as it's been made to sound. And so they're going to kind of prove it by getting out there and doing whatever they want, whenever they want, um, because that makes them feel more comfortable. And then I'd say there's another group of people, uh, and what I've seen a lot in my private practice is that the people who are more extroverted are struggling with this much more than the people who are introverted. Um, the introverts are quite happy. They're staying at home. They're loving it. They can wear what they like and um, they can talk to people when they need to. But the extroverts who really get energy from face-to-face contact are getting quite stressed and distressed by um, by the lack of face-to-face contact. What are the... I'm getting the sense from observing social media and commentary that there are people who've really struggled with the with staying within the perimeters of their own property or their apartments and all that kind of thing. What are the what are the psychological impacts of spending any time, um, any length of time, I guess, outside of your normal routine, which is what we're talking about here. Yeah, look, I think uh, whether people realise it or not, we actually psychologically depend quite heavily on routines most of the time. And, you know, different people have different routines. We all get into our own rhythm. But to have that rhythm disrupted is quite disorienting. And that disorientation can lead to a lot of anxiety and um, you know, that can also then flow on to things like uh, depression as well. So we, if you think about a typical day, for most people, they get up, uh, they prepare themselves in the morning, they go to work, um, their work day has a structure to it, whether that's around meetings or around serving customers or whatever it might be. They, they then finish their day at work, they come home, they might socialize with people they might go out for a meal they might just um, do their own thing at home but it creates its own structure which makes living life in a way quite easy because you just follow the follow the template but when we pull the template away and we don't have to get up at a certain time and we don't have to be in a certain place at a certain time all of that 
um, structure uh, comes back to us to create, and that cr that creates effort. It's much more uh, effortful to set up a routine of your own and work to a routine um, from home when you don't have all of those external influences supporting your routine. So people are getting um, tired. They're getting anxious also because uh, they don't know when this is going to end. Um, they're getting anxious perhaps because uh, if they have got jobs, they don't know how long things will, will be able to stay in place. Um, and obviously if they haven't got jobs, they're wondering how long they're going to stay out of work and um, they'll, they'll be very aware of the fact that there are uh, a lot of people out there on the market looking for jobs. So this, the competition is going to be pretty stiff when people start returning to work. So all of these factors come into play and create a mixture of emotions and we are seeing a significant increase in the amount of anxiety in the community. We're seeing an increase in the use of drugs and alcohol um, and we're also seeing an increase in domestic violence as a result of uh, those kinds of stresses and use of drug and alcohol, drugs and alcohol. It, 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 if we sort of assume that our day is a bandwidth, um, what, what you've basically described is there's a massive gap that's left and almost an abyss that work fills and people fill with other stuff. Yeah, so... If you're working from home, that abyss is easier to fill, is easier to fill because um, you have a, you have a certain amount of work that has to be done, and you'll probably be doing telephone calls or video conferences and so on. But if you've got nothing to do at all, um, and particularly at the moment where workplaces are not really thinking about taking on other employees and um, you know returning back to normal quite yet then you, what you're going to be experiencing at home is um, not very much at all. You're not going to be uh, going to job interviews. You're not going to be getting much external attention. And uh, that in itself will create a lot of anxiety for those people going through that experience. There will be some people who still go through, uh, through that when reopening occurs. Are there any strategies or uh, ways in which they can position their thinking so they cope better? Look, I think the best thing uh, that people can do is to get into their minds to, to understand that um, when we're talking about things getting back to normal, we're going to be talking about a gradual process. We can't just suddenly flick the switch and have pubs and clubs open and go out for big celebrations and go to the MCG with 100,000 people. Um, it's just not safe to do that yet. But we will get a gradual easing of restrictions, which means that for those of us who are missing the face-to-face -face contact with people, we'll be able to now start to address that. Um, for people who... Um, uh, you know, need to get back to work. There'll be uh, there'll be more jobs available. So uh, I think the government's talking about potentially a quarter of a million jobs in the short term. Um, so that that will go a significant way to lifting the burden from those people. Um, but we're not going to go back to business as usual and life as usual for a very very long time. Um, and 
that long haul we need is something that we need to be prepared for. We need to get our heads around the fact that we still have a bit of a marathon ahead of us. Um, whether we have another spike or not, we, we're still going to have to modify the way that we do things to reduce the risks that disease will spread. There are going to be a group of people that walk into their workplace in the next little while who are going to have in their head the messaging from the Chief Medical Officer, Brendan Murphy, the messaging from our Chief Health Officer here in Victoria, uh, and, and other other things that will come across their desk. No doubt the workplaces will have some guidelines in place. They may be anxious because they'll be looking at every single surface they touch, uh, whether it be a photocopier, pad, uh, the telephone in the office, um, all those things that they have touched without a moment of, moment of thought prior to COVID-19 hitting the headlines and causing us to pull ourselves into home. What are the kinds of things that you, you foresee happening in an office environment at, when people do come back in? I think it's going to be an interesting balance between those people who are just mindful of trying to do the right things and those people who are highly anxious about the potential for contamination um, and then um, those people who are oblivious to it. And um, you might have, if you've been out and about, you may well have already encountered people who seem to be almost unaware that social distancing is a thing um, and that's that it's something we need to be mindful of. So that's going to create quite an interesting interplay. I think the highly anxious people are going to struggle with the people who are oblivious. Um, those people who sit more in the middle of the spectrum will probably cope the best um, because they'll be recognising that some people will be um, perhaps careless and some people will be uh, overly anxious um, and they'll just moderate their behaviour as, as needs be. I think the, the really important thing, though, is for people to try to approach it calmly and if you see people doing things that you don't think are safe, to try to just gently remind them. So, you know, for instance, I was in a queue the other day waiting to get into a shop and uh, the person behind me was getting closer and closer. Um, so um, it got to the point where I turned to him and said, would you mind giving me some distance? And immediately um, I, I just asked politely and calmly, just as I spoke it then, and he immediately apologised and stepped stepped back. It was just that he wasn't thinking about where, he, you know, his surroundings. He wasn't thinking about where I was. He was just in a queue. Um, and I think if we can be mindful of asking people politely, uh, then we'll get through this next phase much more much more easily. Well, workplaces have rituals, Simon, and some workplaces do. For example, have birthday cakes have have different things that are, that are markers of you know, um, a significant event in people's lives and kind of, as workplace bonding. Do you see some of that changing or, or being modified as a result of what we've been through? Well, I doubt that um, we will be seeing large gatherings in rooms. If there's a team of thirty people, it's unlikely 
that those people will be allowed to gather in the same room for a few more weeks or a few more months potentially. Um, I know that um, church groups, for instance, are, are banning singing at the moment because um, singing, you're obviously breathing more and potentially breathing out bugs. Um, so I, if there are birthday cakes, I doubt that there'll be singing of happy birthday or that they'll be blowing out of candles for a little while. Um, so the, this is one of those things I think that's going to take a while to get back to, to normal um, until perhaps we have a vaccine available. Um, what are you seeing at the moment through the practice in terms of employers and how they might be approaching what uh, what they need to tell people? Because they, they may have 30 people, the usual number earlier, mm. 30 people in a building. Each of them will have a different personality profile that may or may not fit the job they're doing, but they all need to be given the same message about occupational health and safety in an environment where they're coming back to work and we still haven't fully called off a pandemic, if I can yeah. use that term. Yeah, look, I think um, what I'm seeing as I'm going about my business and, you know, whether it's going into shops or um, going into uh, corporate buildings, those kinds of things, is that uh, most employers and most building managers seem to be doing uh, all that they can to protect people. So almost without exception, I'd say every business that I've walked into, there's been signs up, there's been hand sanitizer, um, there's been greater spaces between things like um, waiting room chairs, for instance. So organisations are doing what they can to create the social, their physical distancing. Um, and I think most organisations are taking that incredibly seriously because we all need to get back to work. And so the organisations, the leaders in the organisations are recognising that they need to do the right thing to make sure that everyone everyone can get back to work safely. So is there anything else that people need to need to think about at the present time? Uh, in the current climate when things are ten when things are rather tense and, and anxious, is there any other um... Yeah look the the other thing I would say is at this time, it's really important to look out for other people. So we we are already seeing an increase in depression and anxiety. Uh, we are expecting a significant spike in the rate of suicide. Um, the researchers are saying they're expecting perhaps that the suicide rate might increase by up to 50% as a result of this um, pandemic. And if you put that into actual numbers of Australians, what that will mean is potentially 1,500 Australians will take their lives as a result of the pressures coming directly from this pandemic, which on the current rate of people who've died from the virus themselves, that's 15 times the number of people who've been taken by the virus. So... We've, we kind of have to keep that in perspective. So it's important to um, reach out to people, talk to people who you think might be struggling. Um, and I'd really actively encourage people, if, if you are struggling yourself, first of all, to reach out to the people around you, to talk to family or friends. 
Um, and if you don't feel that they're capable of providing you with the support that you need, um, then to seek professional advice. Um, and your GP is the first port of call, but there's also services obviously like Beyond Blue, there's Black Dog, um, there's um, Men's Healthline. There's a, there's a wide range of services out there where you can get free support. And, of course, then there's um, mental health services, whether that's in the public sector or the private sector. But one of, the, one of my mantras is to get help before you need help. Don't wait until the train has crashed before you actually seek help. If you feel like you're struggling... Um, getting a, getting some support early will make a, a much bigger difference to how you uh, get through this phase. Simon, that's a really good point at which to conclude the interview because I think it's important that people understand that they need to identify when they're feeling a bit, uh, when they're feeling down and things are, they feel as if things are caving in on them. Um, so thank you for joining me today. And where can people find you on the web if they want to look up corporate and personal consulting? Uh, if they'd like to go to our website, it's uh, www.cpc.com.au for corporate and personal consulting, uh, or they can uh, phone us directly on 03 8317 Simon, thank you so much for joining me today. And for those of you listening, stay safe and look after each other and make sure you wash your hands. And I'll be, I'll be back with another podcast reasonably soon.